Welcome to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I am your host, Joanne Boyce. On this podcast, we're going to discuss all things inclusive marketing, from persona creation, campaigns, and even some of the mishaps we see in the media. Tune in and let me know your thoughts on how we can make inclusive marketing the industry standard. Welcome and welcome back to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. Today, you are with myself, Joanne Boyce, and... Hi, I'm Jade. Jade, I feel like you haven't been on the podcast before. It's been a while. It, it, it has been a while, but we're back. We're back. And we're back with a fun segment. We're going to talk about uh, Pride campaigns. We are in the month of June, but this is something that occurs every year. And on the last episode, I kind of put the question out there and we were discussing it as a team what will pride look like in terms of marketing in it in 2020 but to know that we kind of have to think about what we've seen thus far and I feel like I've been out of touch I I've have to be honest I think I need to start watching tv again and stop working as much yes same because <laughs> I'm missing all the like, I only ever see the extreme campaigns. So the ones that are really, really good, or like we briefly spoke about behind the scenes, the Dylan Mulvaney and Bud Light campaigns. So the ones that get a lot of backlash. Mm-hmm. But I've recently come across like some everyday, you know, obviously we have all the companies changing their logos. I'm a bit immune to that now. Yeah. Now it's kind of the opposite. When I see a company not change their logo, I'm just like, what? That company is homophobic. It's like, <laughs> which it, the, the logo thing has now become so normalized. It means nothing either way. Yeah. 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 It's, it's kind of pointless at this point. I feel like, like it is taking a stand, but it is so normalized that it, like no one even like acknowledges it. I feel like. I do give kudos to the companies that have the latest version of the pride flag, which has the black and brown in it as well. And not just the old version, I guess. Um, One thing I haven't seen companies do is, is change their logo to the various intersection flags. So, you know, you have the lesbian flag, you have the trans flag, you have the, all the variations. Yeah. I don't know how I would feel about that like you know no it feels like because it would be risky I think because to pay equal attention onto all of them that's a lot but at the same time if they only spotlighted on one then all the other ones will be like what about us so I feel like there's room for it but that would be like an interesting one to try and navigate yeah that is interesting but they stay it's funny they don't do it with the flag but they do it in a commercial because you see yeah. the ad and it would be like, here is this happy queer couple who are buying life insurance. Uh, okay. But why are they both men and they're white and they're middle class? Okay, so it's still your same demographic. You just swapped out one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What campaigns have you seen lately? I haven't seen many. I had to like look I feel like I used to see quite a lot but these days it's like an effort to look Adidas is one that um 
I've noticed. They don't have a full-on campaign for it, though. I've seen on TikTok, like, there is some kind of video clip, something, um, but they're not posting about it on any of their socials, which is interesting. Like, you think it's a full-on Pride line, and they have, like, celebrities endorsing it. Um, Oh, so they've created the Pride product, but they're not... Yeah. And this product was, was it launched during June, Pride Month? This year, fresh out, yeah. So full, I think it's like a full line of clothes. I know the only person that's coming to mind is Tom Daly. He's the only one that like I recognize, but Tom's there and other people are there. And it's it's pretty, um, I mean, I always instantly look for like, what's the representation looking like? And we've got like a good range of skin tones, um, obviously, lgbtq plus representation <laughs> and they think like this um like different varying embodied like we have some more hardcore athletes and then some that are just like more like influencers kind of everyday people um so it's like a good range of people in there it looks like but they're not kind of i had to look for it i didn't know that this was a thing so today is there not like one billboard or anything that you could we could look at not that i could find i found this one TikTok, hang on. Good old TikTok. TikTok is our trusty even... platform. So is it an is official it campaign official? or? It's it's an official campaign. Like this is Adidas's clip and they have a page on their website about it, but they're not posting it. Like this is from another TikTok account that I found that's reposting okay. it. So for the individuals listening, it's essentially a beach, it's like a beach party scene. And the first thing yeah. I noticed, other than people's crotches, because that's what they're showing us a lot of shots of, is the skin tone. Yeah. The skin tone representation, the hair representation, body sizes. Yeah. It is very intersectional, but the clothing is not, it's not screaming pride. Normally, no. they slap a rainbow on the side and you're like, ooh, pride, product, love it. But it is just giving people moving in clothing, enjoying themselves. I like that one. I I always have a back and forth on whether the campaign should explicitly state it because there are people who are going to watch it and not know that was a Pride collection or not know that they were supporting it. But then again, yeah. does all marketing have to be so direct? Yeah, in your face. They do have, like I said, a, a web page. And I think there's like a little quote maybe from each person that's like, because they're all, well, at least a number of them. I don't, rec- like I said, I only recognize Tom, but a number of them are kind of influencers or celebrities. And it kind of talks about them and their story and who they are a little bit. So they do break it down on the website, but it does seem to be very subtle. Is maybe that's where it's going. It's subtle. Is subtle, I don't know if I want to say better, or is subtle the new normal? And then when you make a stand, you make a stand. You know, every single campaign doesn't have to be this big whole parade. (laughs) Ironic. (laughs) But it doesn't have to be this big old parade. Um, No, I like that one. But I'm not going to lie, I'm not a fan of the clothing. In terms yeah. of a visual? It's that person. I 
can't remember their name now, but like a person designed it. That's it's like a collection, like Adidas and. Okay. Okay. And I'm assuming the person, if they are not queer, that would be weird. But I'm assuming the person is queer. I'm pretty sure they're queer. Yeah. I always find that fascinating where they're like, we're going to put together a thing and we're just going to hire everyone that doesn't represent the community to create it. Um, Kind of defeating the purpose of the whole thing. (laughs) But anywho, not saying that non-queer people, straight, (laughs) can't create queer (laughs) campaigns. Um, however, I think when it's something intentional for pride, it would make sense to make it a 360 ecosystem. You're paying a queer designer, you're hiring queer models, you are profiting on queerness and pride. So put the money back into those individuals' pockets, no? Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, what else have you got in the spiel of things? Well, I found this, which was really interesting. If I can find it now. So it's not um, a campaign per se. It's more like like a charter. You know, when like people have to release a statement and you have to stand by it. It's more of that. <laughs> oh, you're going to tell me which company it is. And I'm just not going to. Okay. I do know so, adver- outverting, ad- uh, outvertising. Oh, that's clever. I only just got that. <laughs> 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 I've never read it aloud before. <laughs> outvertising. I do know of them. So they're an organization that is trying to encourage, as far as I remember, encourage people to advertise and include queer individuals in their story narratives is that right yeah yeah so okay now I'm not as skeptical because when you said a a pledge for people to sign up to I was just like if you're gonna tell me coca-cola unilever came out with a pledge I'm like (laughs) I'm a squint but this seems okay so advertising tells the brands stand your ground this pride month Advertising remains absolute in continuing our pursuit to make marketing and advertising completely LGBTQIA plus inclusive. With Pride Month upon us, we invite the industry to join us in that pursuit. Oh, anti-LGBTQIA plus groups are relentlessly attacking brands that demonstrate allyship with our community. That is true. As part of their efforts to halt and roll back LGBTQIA plus inclusion in society at large, these fringe groups are attempting to erase our community in the media, including in the ads people see. The trans plus community are weathering the brunt of this targeted campaign of hate, and they must be protected. But this hate is not limited to our trans plus friends. The whole LGBTQIA plus community are feeling the effects. There is no room for performative gestures or empty commitments in 2023. Love is love, but money talks. I'm just I, I was gonna say that last bit again. <laughs> love is love, but money talks. That I I 
everything they've said in this is on point. It's clear. It's what they do. It's what the whole organization's about. But I love a good snappy phrase. Yeah. Because we see a lot of the time when we're talking about inclusive marketing, everyone's just like, oh, that's so nice. And I'm like, yes, but also money. It's marketing. Yeah, definitely. And so, so they what have are a they whole... asking? So they're basically asking people to stand their ground, um, like brands with pride ads run them. Brands working with LGBTQIA plus talent protect them. Brands with Pride events plans, keep them. Brands with Pride products, display them. Like, be proud about what you're doing and don't, like, if you're going to do it, don't, like, half in, half out. Like, do it and do it, you know, do it with kind of pride, I guess. Ha, ha, ha. Because you're representing, like, a big group of people and if you're going to support them, then support them. Yeah. I was just going to continue on the other ask they have because this one's a good one and I think we just saw it in that ad. Brands with rainbow logos back this up with declaration of meaningful action. So hiring the people, hiring the models, making sure brands that come under attack, brave the backlash. (sighs) Brands with media spend invest in the media that matches your values. Divest from media that spreads disinformation. I love this. I love this because it's, on two elements. It's not just the statement of action. It is practical. It still works in a capitalist society. Sometimes I have a lot of pushback myself when I see organizations or movements make statements that are somewhat idealistic. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, we need to change things. Yes, we need to break things down. However, what can we do today in the society and the environment that we're in? And this gives you clear whatever a brand is doing. Because you know that, you know, when they do a campaign with their latest pride related rainbow makeup, they're going to fly out all the influencers to somewhere. And this is like, if you're going to put on that event and fly these influencers to there and have them post content, back it up with spending the money to protect them, back it up with knowing that if backlash happens, you're not going to backtrack and remove the ad. I love it. Yeah. And make um, it have meaning as well. Don't do it for the sake of doing it. I absolutely love it. So we're going to link this with this list and then we're going to link it in the show notes. Um, Because I think, yeah, it's straightforward. It's simple. Love is love, but money talks is how I'm going to be. <laughs> that is a good one. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my days. I think. An influencer recently came out with a track and it would be great if we can find it where she's just like, you want to pay me in exposure, but exposure doesn't pay my bills. And I was just like, yeah. Because a lot of the time, especially for marginalized influencers, underrepresented, like, oh no, we'll just give you the platform. And be like, "Um, sorry, exposure doesn't pay bills. (laughs) Love is love, but money talks. Okay. That's good. You've made my day with that one, Jay. That's good. That's good. I like that. (laughs) Um, Is there any other campaign that we have that demonstrates that money talks aspect? We can see they've put the money behind it. I can't think of any. What is coming to my mind after reading that, though, is the Dylan, like what happened there. I don't think Bud Light have even come out with a response to it, though, so I don't know. And it wasn't technically pride either, but I just think it's like on the top of my mind right now. 
Yes. So for those who don't know, Bud Light partnered with Dylan Mulvaney. Dylan Mulvaney is an individual who has been publicly going on their transition journey of becoming a girl and going through that process. Now, I don't particularly want to go on to the whole... So my whole narrative of this is that I don't think Bud Light as a brand was one ready or two aware of how they they were perceived. I get why they wanted to do it. They wanted to skip a couple steps. I think they skipped a couple steps in trying to shift to attract Gen Z. Yeah. Because I feel that that's what I feel like. Yes, it was obviously Dylan is a trans individual supporting trans and so forth. But all Dylan's also young. Dylan's Dylan's beautiful and trendy and taking over TikTok. All these things that, you know, you know, you can go into the meeting like, yes, we need to get the younger demographic. We need to we need to be woke, quote unquote. Um, Like, yeah, let's just go in and do this without putting any of those things that we just listed into consideration yeah it's interesting I heard now this is hearsay this is like I heard this from a, a news anchor talk in response um that was someone new was hired to Bud Light someone a lot younger um and they wanted to kind of make Bud Light woke um and so everything you're saying makes a lot of sense apparently they were sick of the like the frat boy image but again that's still young demographic um it's weird and the response was so intense but I anyone I well maybe I'm being biased here but I could have predicted that response from a mile off because I don't even drink Bud Light I am not associated it's an American brand we don't really have it here in the UK but if I was to describe who their target persona and audience is, having seen their branding in the past, it is someone who's out in the countryside fishing. You know, it is mm-hmm. the stereotypically manly man. Mm-hmm. Do you know what was an interesting contrast to that is um, the campaign we use a lot in our workshops, which was done by Gillette. So That's what I was just thinking. Gillette is one of those brands that when people think of it, they probably think of the same type of individual, maybe someone who is wearing a suit or really trendy. But the way Gillette approached that was through storytelling. They still had an individual in the campaign. So they had an older black man teaching his trans son how to shave. Now, if someone wasn't aware of trans rights or wasn't aware of anything, they would just see that story and be like, oh, a dad teaching a son to shave. Cool. Yeah. Then you have the other layers of, okay, I connect with the older person or the younger person in that. Cool. Then when you get to the end of it, you realize at some point or you you pay attention to the ad and you connect that it's a trans individual. And then you're like, oh, okay. So they took their viewers on a visual journey, but also it still was selling shavers. Yeah. There was yeah. no 
huge stand like the the main story of that that commercial was shave buy our product whereas I don't think I have ever seen and I've seen Dylan's TikToks I don't think I've ever seen them drink a bud like now was it just to clarify well was it posted by Bud Light or by Dylan so I think that makes a difference oh I think I don't even know if I can find a campaign. I'm actually looking for it right now. I'm assuming Bud Light, just from the response, because otherwise I don't know how so many people would have seen it, because not everyone obviously is following Dylan, unless it blew up. I think it blew up. Um, so the company that owns Bud Light did put out an apology. There's so many elements about it that just doesn't, connect for a marketing sense and I know I'm rem- a lot of the reason why this was so controversial was because Dylan is trans but even if Dylan wasn't trans and was a cishet woman yeah with her it aesthetic with it just doesn't make sense well and it's for March Madness which I think is basketball um and the whole time she's just there saying like sports yay I don't know sure which is like if you're gonna get like get someone trans but have someone interested in sports. Yes. The intentional intersectionality of it. I think back to so another campaign I remember seeing. I think it's one of our Christmas campaigns we we shared where no, it wasn't a Christmas one, it was the period campaign. Where mm-hmm. at some point in there, there's a lesbian couple in a doctor's office and getting scanned for their pregnancy it was so subtle it was so subtle but it stuck to the narrative and I think and I mean the narrative of the whole commercial the story about you know period pains and the the journey a woman goes through having a womb and just to circle back to what we were saying earlier I think that is where pride and celebrating pride and putting on commercials is going is that yeah sticking to the story which is good advertising and good marketing and sprinkling in intentional intersectionality yeah yeah because a lot of these days the the ones that stick out to me are the ones with intersectionality the ones that they're not just focusing on pride and and lgbtqi people but they're also showing black and brown skin tones and they're showing disabled individuals and they're showing like you know they're showing a realistic portrayal of how pride actually looks because it's not all white and young and then it like real I'm gonna keep saying real because it it's it's, a, it's supposed to be a reflection of real life and it's not been for so long so now that's what I'm looking out for I'm looking out for a variety of people mm. yeah I'm excited. I think we've got to saturation point with pride now that Mm -hmm. to be creative as a marketer, if you're going to put on a campaign during June and specifically brand it as a pride campaign, the creativity needs to be up there. It needs to be intentional. It needs to be, it, it, we're now challenging a new phase of it, I think. But again, we are 
in the world we constantly look at campaigns so we might have rose tinted glasses on here and (laughs) I really want you the listeners to let us know your opinion let us know are we being too optimistic that this is where it's going (laughs) um what campaigns have you seen feel free to tweet us at the Riemann Co um at Riemann Co across all platforms And if you want to keep up to date with the campaigns that we're looking at and we're enjoying, sign up to our mailing list. The link for that is in the description or the show notes. I'm excited for the next 10 years, how marketing is going to change in terms of a celebration of pride. Thank you so much for listening and enjoying the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. Sign up for our mailing list and we'll keep you up to date on all things inclusive marketing.